Let us begin with prayer. Loving God, as you open the tomb and raise Jesus to new life, so open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today, and in confidence go forth to live what you show us to live. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Today we speak in the name of Jesus about love, about Christ's love, about the kind of love mothers and fathers, and indeed each one of us, are called to have, and by the grace of God do have, should we in fact be following in his steps in faith. We know the commandments concerning love, about who we should love and how we should love them. What is the greatest commandment, Jesus is asked, and he replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Rabbi Label Lam, writing about the second of these laws, as found in Leviticus 19.18, tells a story that goes like this. A poor Russian peasant farmer who never left the small and primitive surroundings of his town had occasion to come to the big city of Moscow. He arrived at the elegant hotel with mud on his boots, and overalls looking completely inappropriate. The man at the desk assigned him to a room on the top floor and treated him as any other paying customer. With key in hand and a few possessions, he started the long climb to the hotel room. On the first landing, there was a full-length mirror. The man who had never seen himself in a mirror before was suddenly startled and frightened by the imposing image before him. He growled and barked to scare the figure away, only to find that the image in the mirror was willing to threaten and shout the same. He ran to the next floor and confronted the fearsome character, again exchanging harsh looks and almost coming to blows. On the third floor, they stood nose to nose and exchanged simultaneous insults and a deepening warlike attitude was taking root in both of them. Realizing there was nowhere to escape this ugly beast-like fellow who was aggressively stalking him in the hotel, he ran quickly back to the lobby and to the front desk to file a complaint. After having given a detailed description of the perpetrator, the man at the desk understood that he had met the enemy, and it was the man in the mirror. So as to save face of his guest and to disengage the hostility, he offered simple advice. He said, the fellow whom you confronted is actually here to protect people. He is really quite harmless. Trust me, if you will show him a harsh and angry face, 
he will do the same. However, if when you see him, you just smile pleasantly and continue on your way, he will nod and smile at you as well. Enjoy the rest of your stay. That's what he did, and remarkably, that's what happened. King Solomon is reported to have once said, like the reflection of a face in water, so is the heart of one person to another. To love another is often a difficult thing, especially when our experience of love is flawed, especially when we are unaware of how much we are loved, and most especially when the reflection in the water is full of anger and bitterness or resentment. To really love another, we often need a standard or a guide to follow. And within that standard or guide, we need help. Help to not only know what love is, but to know that the love we need is within us, that it is embracing us and has the power to embrace others through us especially to embrace those others towards whom we do not feel any love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. These commands, Jesus said, and all the rabbis agreed, summarize the law and the prophets, that law which Jesus says will not pass away, until all is accomplished. To that law, that law which can be most difficult for us to keep, Jesus added one commandment, and one commandment only, during the three years of his ministry. The commandment heard in our Gospel reading this morning, the one given by Jesus as Judas departs from the Last Supper to betray him to his death. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And how is it that Jesus loves us? Is it not by giving himself for us? By blessing us even when he knows that we are not following him? By being proactive in love rather than simply reactive? Look at the cross. Look at this table where the Lord's body and blood are lifted up so that we might remember. This is the love that seeks to embrace us. This is the love that is more than simply our guide and our model. It is the love that when received is more than able to pour itself out upon others, no matter how we might feel about them. It is the love of the one who gave himself for us while we were yet enemies of God. The freely given love of the one whose faithfulness destroys our death, and whose resurrection restores our life. A story is told about a teacher who was helping one of her kindergartners 
put his boots on. He asked for help, and she could see why. With her pulling and him pushing, the boot still did not want to go on. When the second boot was on, she had worked up a sweat. She almost whimpered when the little boy said, Teacher, they're on the wrong feet. She looked, and sure enough, they were. It wasn't any easier putting the bo- pulling the boots off than it was putting them on. She managed to keep her cool as together they worked to get the boots back on, this time on the right feet. He then announced, these aren't my boots. <laughs> she bit her tongue rather than get right in his face and scream, why didn't you say so, like she wanted to. Once again, she struggled to help him pull the ill-fitting boots off. Then he said, they're my brother's boots. My mom made me wear them. (laughs) She didn't know if she should laugh or cry. She mustered up the grace to wrestle the boots on his feet again. She said, now where are your mittens? He said, I stuffed them in my boots. Ever have one of those days? I think all of us do. The question is, will we bite our tongues, take a deep breath, and do the right thing we know to do? Will we face the countless little crosses that appear before us each day? Will we willingly take on the burdens that should not be ours to take? despite a lack of appreciation and understanding among those whom we are helping. This is what love does. It accepts the little crosses, knowing that the large cross has already been taken for us. Knowing that because Jesus has accepted us, so we can accept others in his love. That we can trust them into his care his judgment, his mercy, and his forgiveness. And never more so than with those towards whom love is hardest to show. That self that fears the evil within, that stranger we see in the mirror, and the other strangers, those who are not in the mirror, but who stand before us in person, screaming words like, crucify him, and holding in their hands the nails of execution. Love one another as I have loved you. This growth in Christ-like love is a lifelong process. I have to confess that I had an experience just this week in non-loving at work. I have been working closely for some time with a project manager on a renovation project at one of the hospitals where I'm a chaplain and the director of pastoral care. Miscommunication issues resulted in what was a temporary disaster on the project. And one person in particular was the focus of my inner fury. I was beside myself. And I was quite aware at the same time of the importance of responding in a professional, reasonable manner. I had to take a time out. 
and sought the advice of one of the hospital administrators. I was also quite aware that I had to be careful even with her. After all, I'm a professional spiritual caregiver. I'm supposed to be a role model for others. Had anyone taken my spiritual pulse at that moment, it would not have been good. Did I love the man I was who was responsible for the crisis? Not exactly. <laughs> As I de-stressed with the hospital administrator, however, I was aware of my great inner need for God's transforming love. It was a humbling experience, but I still could hardly sleep that night. As I continued to reflect on the experience, I recalled something Brene Brown recently said in an interview about setting boundaries with others. She said that she has come to believe that most of the time, people are doing the best they can. Be generous about the assumptions you make about other people's motives. Good advice, I think. Love one another as I have loved you. This means being open to the new and to that which was previously impossible for us to be open to. To be open as Peter, in today's reading from the book of Acts, was open. Open in his imperfect, human, but inspired way to those he considered unacceptable, to those that all the apostles had previously thought to be outside the loving embrace of God, open to the Gentiles, the foreigners, to those viewed by us all as unclean, as unholy, as undesirable. For us, that may mean to be open to those that our wisdom and our feelings tell us to be unclean, unholy, unacceptable, and undesirable. For some, that may be someone in their own family who has hurt them beyond words. For others, it may be someone at work who may make your life miserable at times. For still others, it may be someone or some group of persons that have done us or our world an injury. It could be also our preconceived biases, prejudices, and judgments. For me, as a hospital chaplain, I often encounter patients who are at their very worst, physically, mentally, and spiritually, unlovely by world standards, to say the least. And I am called to love them, to see beyond what is visible. I recently went to visit a patient who was chained to the bed, an armed guard sitting at the foot of the bed, and two other guards stationed outside the room. To many, he appeared unlovely, even scary. To me, I was able to see him differently. God helped me tap into my experience many years ago with my youngest brother, who was serving time in a federal prison. This man was someone's son, perhaps someone's brother, and my heart was filled with compassion. We spoke briefly and then prayed together at his request. Unlovely to many, 
but so dearly loved by his creator. Love one another as I have loved you. Blessed be the one whose love does not fail and who wills to give us that love and who vows to take care of all who follow him, to nurture them and to help them grow and to usher them into the blessedness of God's eternal kingdom. God will judge all people, not us. Love one another as I have loved you. God asks a question of his people through the prophet Isaiah in the 49th chapter. He asks of his people who are in exile for their sins. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? And he answers, even those may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Christ has inscribed us on the palm of his hands. He does not forget us. Love one another as I have loved you. God loves us most powerfully and gives us the power to love others. Would you love someone today that you find it hard to love? Then know that God loves you, that God loves you without condition and will make your life full and abundant as you turn to love others with his love. One final story for children of every age. An elderly woman and her little grandson, whose face was sprinkled with freckles, spent the day at the zoo. Lots of children were waiting in line to get their faces painted by a local artist who was decorating them with tiger paws. You've got so many freckles, there's no place to paint, a girl in line said to the little boy. Embarrassed, he dropped his head. His grandmother knelt down next to him. I love your freckles. When I was a little girl, I always wanted freckles, she said, while tracing her finger across the child's cheek. Freckles are beautiful. The boy looked up. Really? Of course, said the grandmother. Why, just name me one thing that's more beautiful than freckles. The little boy thought for a moment, looking intensely into his grandmother's face and softly whispered, wrinkles. <laughs> May all our friends and all those who would be our enemies if we let them have beautiful, beautiful freckles and gorgeous wrinkles. Love one another as Christ loves you with a love that saves and redeems God, God's people, both Jew and Gentile alike, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen.